obsessed with her, and obsessions like that don't just lose their hold all of a sudden. But she divorced him over three years ago, according to what you told me, Berthold said. Maybe he's finally taken the hint that he's not wanted. Clancy shook his head. She's an obsession, he repeated. It's all in the dossier we've compiled on him. Jealous scenes, violence, even public threats, the works. He'll be here all right. He keeps a very close eye on the ex-Mrs. Baldwin. What time is she performing tonight? The second show is at ten o'clock. Berthold glanced at the thin gold watch on his wrist. That'll be about fifteen minutes from now. Do you want to watch it? Donahue nodded as he rose to his feet. I'm going to talk to her tonight after the show to try to get her cooperation. And if not, we'll use her anyway. His smile was a mere baring of teeth. I want that bastard Baldwin so bad I can taste it. Where's Galbraith now? He should be in the cafe. Good. For a moment, there was a thread of mischief in Clancy's smile. Sorry to be a disgrace to your exclusive establishment, Len, but I won't have time to change. You'd better phone your head waiter and tell him not to throw me out. I doubt if he'd try that. Bertholdt's glance traveled over Clancy's tall, massive build that did look as if it belonged more in a heavyweight boxing ring than an exclusive nightclub. Bertholdt remembered suddenly that Clancy had told him he had been a fighter once. But then Clancy had been something of a jack-of-all-trades before he became security chief of SETICON and definitely master of the more lethal ones. I will give Monty a ring, though, and tell him to extend all courtesies. Do that. Clancy turned to leave, moving with the lithe grace of absolute fitness and trained coordination. I'm tired as hell and not in any mood for a hassle. Have you checked into the hotel, or shall I do it for you? Clancy paused at the door. I'll stay at my villa down the beach. It's close enough so that I can be on the spot in five minutes if I need to be. I'm tired of living in hotels. I've spent the last six weeks moving from city to city on Baldwin's trail. He took a key ring out of his pocket and tossed it across the room. It landed on the blotter in front of Berthold. Send a maid down to open the villa for me right away, will you? He didn't wait for an answer, but shut the door behind him and set off briskly. As he crossed the lushly carpeted foyer of the reception area, he made an effort to relax the tense muscles in his neck and shoulders. He hadn't lied when he'd told Len Berthold he was tired. He hadn't slept more than a few hours today on the long flight from Los Angeles to this tiny island in the Bahamas. L.A. had been a blind alley too, damn it, he thought. Baldwin had gone underground without a ripple. Oh, well, if he couldn't find the rat's bolt hole, he'd wait patiently until that rodent ventured out to nibble at his favorite delicacy, namely Lisa Landon. The cafe was small and darkly intimate, like a thousand others he'd seen over the years. Postage stamp-sized tables were covered with white damask cloths. Candles in translucent cylinders cast half-shadows over the faces of the guests, speaking in quiet tones over drinks and hors d'oeuvres. A trio was playing soft, evocative jazz on the tiny stage at the far end of the room, and Clancy paused a moment in the doorway to listen. He'd always liked jazz. That fact had never failed to surprise Alex, and he could understand why. 
Jazz was the most lazily sensual and mellow music on the face of the earth, and laziness, mellowness, and sensuality were qualities that were absent in his personality. He was highly sexed and required women fairly frequently, but it was always just a hunger to be appeased and then forgotten. Sensuality required softer, gentler emotions, the kind his profession had allowed little time to cultivate. Still, he did like jazz, and this trio was surprisingly good. Clancy? His head swiveled quickly to the left. Galbraith. John. Clancy nodded in acknowledgement to the man standing close to him. Galbraith was dressed in impeccable evening clothes and blended into his elegant surroundings with the adaptability of a chameleon. His features were handsome, but not too handsome. His brown hair was...